1: Hello, everybody. This is Sean Martin. I'm the host of Redefining Cybersecurity Podcast and ITSP Magazine. You probably know that already. What you don't know is that uh, I'm doing a chats on the road to Black Hat. If you're watching this, you'll see that, uh, that that's what we're talking about today. And it's uh, it's a chance for myself and Marco when he joins me to kind of get a glimpse into what's happening uh, at the event and, and other things around uh, Acker Summer Camp that week. And... We get to chat with organizers like Steve Wiley and keynote speakers and other presenters and panelists and really cool people. One of whom is Eric Parizo. Eric, how are you?
0: Hey, Sean. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm great. It's good. Good to have you on the show. And uh, I'm I'm thrilled because I get to go through an immense list of of uh, sessions and summits and activities and find the things that inspire me that i think others would want to hear about and uh the summit you're running is is definitely one of those i was joking before we we got started that i don't often get to go to those because they're they're uh chat rules and they don't allow press in so when i wear my press badge i don't i don't get to go um so i'm going to chat with you beforehand and you can share what you want and hide what you don't want exposed (laughs) so very controlled conversation but should be exciting nonetheless, because I think you guys are doing some really cool things, and that session should be really fun. So before we get into that, though, uh, a few words about who Eric is. What have you been up to? What's what's your current role at Omdia? And, and uh, tell us a little bit about what you, what you have going on.
0: Sure. Thank you again, Sean. Great to be with you. Uh, Eric Parrazo, Managing Principal Analyst for the Omdia Cybersecurity Research Team. So I have a little bit of a dual role. I support uh, our research director, Maxine Holt, in uh, the management of, of our team and our research strategy. Uh, I get to focus on fun things like developing our amazing staff and uh, identifying opportunities for research innovation, so it's a really cool role. And then in my quote-unquote spare time, which is actually a lot of the time, I am also the uh, the lead analyst for our enterprise cybersecurity operations intelligence service, which is all things SecOps, all things threat detection, investigation, and response, everything related to the SOC. So all the solutions that uh, SOC pros know and love from sim and soar and xdr edr all the drs vulnerability management visibility the list goes on and on so that's what i do in a nutshell i've been in i've been here about four years now i was previously uh, with another research firm for about four years and uh, before that for a uh, very long time I uh, lived in your world Sean I was in uh, media uh, over at uh, a tech target managing their search security website
1: I love it the the, the good old days I'll say <laughs> I, <laughs> used, I used to contribute quite a bit to that and uh, if I'm not mistaken that's probably how we know each other from uh, from way back when but um, I'm thrilled to have you on today, and I'm gonna quickly make a point that you said you get to build a team to define how research gets done, and then in some, sometimes you get to do actual research and analysis. <laughs> and you and you start to li- you start to list all these things, and, and just your, which I'm sure is a summarized list, is pretty long. And part of your job is to create more lists. <laughs> Which, and, and analyze things, which creates more lists and identifies and acronyms. Categories. Analysts and, and have acronyms. to
0: create acronyms. It's in the job description.
1: Exactly. Which is why I think this summit that you're putting on is so important. It's, it revolves around budget, um, if I'm not mistaken, but kind of give us an overview of of what what the summit's all about. Um, because I think there's so much for security leaders to kind of understand and, and deal with that. The topic you're gonna you're gonna cover is super important.
0: Yeah, we're really excited about it. It's the third annual Omnia Analyst Summit at Black Hat USA. It's taking place Tuesday, August eighth. Uh, it's an all day event at uh, mandalay bay many people still don't know that omdia is part of the black hat and dark reading organization we're all one big happy family so we're doing more and more of these kinds of crossover events where you know we do columns on dark reading and appearances like this at black hat our summit is an all-day event it's really like our super bowl where We get to show the world all of the great research that we've been working on all year long. Just about our entire research team is going to be there, about a dozen of us now. We just keep growing. Uh, And it's such an exciting agenda. We have a keynote from our research director, Maxine Holt, on the economic challenges organizations are facing from a cybersecurity standpoint amid the current economic uncertainty and how organizations still may have budget constraints, but ultimately still have to provide the best security for their organizations that they possibly can. So she's going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about a really interesting emerging trend called uh, proactive security. It's a whole new category of security solutions that we think is going to be critically important to the industry going forward. And then my colleagues are going to present on a bunch of hot security topics from SASE to IOT and OT security, data security, managed security services, and of course, you can't have a security event these days without talking about AI. So, of course, we'll be talking about AI and cybersecurity as well. It's a packed agenda. Uh, we're really excited for it next week.
1: Uh, it Sounds sounds super fun. And, and when we're talking budgets, I, I had a conversation a few months back uh, where we're looking at budgets, and one thing we didn't get to during that chat was kind of where the budgets are coming from. Do you, I don't know. Do you do you see any shifts in how budgets are being allocated? Are they still contained within a cybersecurity group, or is there a crossover into some of the other categories? Like we see the merge of developers and operations and security for DevSecOps. And do, do you see any shifts like that that are changing? The way organizations think about their budget and how they fund things and how perhaps even how the teams get get flushed out then.
0: <laughs> well, I'll give you some interesting uh data points and and these are based on our uh brand new 2023 uh cyber Cybersecurity Decision Maker Survey. We'll be debuting the results at the Black Hat Omdia Analyst Summit next week, but uh, just for you, Sean, I can give you a little teaser on some of the things we're we'll talking about. <laughs> so first, we asked our respondents, how do you expect your, your organization's security budget to change in the next 12 months? And based on what we've seen, we see security budgets for the most part holding steady, actually Increasing in a lot of cases, 85% of respondents told us they actually expect their security budgets to increase in the next 12 months. Only 2% said that they were actually expecting a decrease in their budgets. Now, that said, in times of economic uncertainty, which we appear to be in now, security always feels the pinch to a degree. And it's the classic areas. New purchases are delayed or pushed back. And demonstrating ROI and value to the business for existing spend becomes critical. So we're, even though the data says that budgets are holding pretty strong, we're still expecting the the realities of the growing uncertainty to, to take their toll in the second half of this year. Another interesting data point we we started we're starting to observe what we think is a long-term trend as far as how security spending is starting to shift. We asked our respondents how does your organization resource certain types of initiatives? And when it comes to mission critical security capabilities, things like strategic planning, GRC, threat detection, investigation, and response. The majority of respondents said they continue to invest on internal capabilities to manage those areas. So they they continue to do them themselves. However, when it comes to things like incident response escalation, you know, really severe threats um, and new security requirements, The majority of our respondents said they now resource those areas externally, either through consulting or ongoing services contracts. So to me, it highlights how the industry is changing over time organizations are going to rely more on external security capabilities. We think this is going to be a pretty slow shift that occurs just a little bit over time, over the course of this decade, but it means that more and more security capabilities will be provided as a service. Hence, managed security services providers will only grow in importance both to enterprises and as a revenue source for solution vendors. And also speaks to why managed threat detection and response specifically is so hot right now, which is another topic that my colleagues Adam Etherington and Jonathan Ong will be covering for us next week at the Omdi Analyst Summit.
1: Nice. And it, it, it brings to mind the other point that you made, and I don't know what you can share here, uh, but certainly a definition I, I suspect you can share on proactive. Cybersecurity. Um, when I when I hear that term, I immediately go to a point that I I often or almost always make during during uh, my show is that if we could actually just define the way we build stuff differently, we can reduce exposure, minimize risk, and perhaps even reduce the effort and workload for the security team. A good example is. If there's a system that's constantly uh, vulnerable because of lack of patches that need to be updated all the time and your team is spending hours and hours updating that, perhaps there's a way to change that system out to be something different (laughs) so you're not wasting patching time. So I don't know if that fits into the definition of proactive security uh, or if it's more of the, the traditional detection protection
0: yeah, so yeah yes and no that's a very specific take on yeah. a specific capability that falls within proactive but we think proactive is is, is pretty broad and, and and let me explain it so we define proactive security as the ability to find and address threats and threat conditions before they actually affect the organization. So before an adversary is taking them, and you know, using them to either try to get in or gets in and wreaks havoc within your organization. So the way we break down security solutions into three broad categories. So there's preventative, and those are the types of things that have existed forever: the firewalls, intrusion prevention, malware sandboxing, web gateways, the things that sit on the perimeter in most cases of your organization, prevent known expected threats from entering your organization. You need those capabilities, but they don't stop everything, right? Then there's reactive security. That's the second major category where that's essentially everything TDIR, everything SecOps. It's the solutions you use to uh, find, investigate, and fix threats that are already inside your organization. You need those capabilities too, but when you think about preventative and reactive, it means security pros, organizations, enterprises, they're always on their heels. They have to wait for a bad thing to happen for those solutions to really do any good. We believe proactive, this emerging area, is really the third area and what, what's kind of the missing piece to these, to the puzzle of cybersecurity solutions. By having this class of capabilities that allows you to get ahead of security problems before an adversary is knocking on your door or banging down the door, that's going to enable your organization to prevent so many problems later in the attack life cycle. not to mention reduce the overall risk that your organization is, is facing. So we're gonna look at that in some detail, talk about some of the specific types of proactive solutions we see out there, and why this is the precursor to a whole new type of of solution category that we see called proactive security platforms that's gonna bring together a lot of different but related proactive capabilities into one solution set.
1: And I I think in pictures, diagrams oftentimes, and this could either be linear or cyclical or Venn diagram, which would you, or something else completely. How would you? Well,
0: you that? that's uh, that's the exciting tease we're going to leave for our <laughs> attendees <laughs> at the Omnia Analyst Summit next all week because right. we definitely have uh, most, if not all, of the above. Nice, to go.
1: love it. So, looking at budgeting, my my experience with budgets in the enterprise uh, is you often start with what did you do last year. <laughs> that's so that's kind of like the the baseline. And you say, we want to kind of keep things the same. We might want to adjust slightly. Um, but what's your view on that in terms of cybersecurity? Is that, is that typically how budgets are formed? And if that's the case, how do you see the mindset needing to shift for something like a, a proactive security set of capabilities about to hit the space?
0: <laughs> No, you're you're absolutely spot on, Sean, and it's it's one of the things that we do talk about in our in our session on proactive at the OMNI Analyst Summit next week because proactive sounds great. It seems like the where the industry is going, but if you're a CISO and you hear that, it's like okay, great, but now I have to go back to my board or my CEO or or whoever controls my budget and say. I need a whole new class of security solutions in addition to everything you're already paying for. And when security is often you know, a non-starter because it's generally not a revenue producing element of most organizations, going in and asking for more budget is a real challenge, right? So one of the things that we recommend that organizations do is go back to their organization, start really thinking about what their cybersecurity architecture looks like and and see how many capabilities they really have uh, that are proactive versus preventative versus uh, reactive today and start that long-term process because, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, organizations aren't going to be able to massively shift their uh, cybersecurity budgets from one year to the next because you do have a lot of set costs, right? You have your staff, which is, you know, usually the biggest chunk of it. You have existing solutions that you've already invested in, often on multi-year contracts. You know, you often have uh, services agreements, uh, whether it's, you know, consulting or just, you know, product updates, threat intelligence and the like. So there's a lot of baked in cost in most year to year uh, secure cybersecurity budgets that kind of you know move just roll over from one year to the next. So we're advocating just starting to start the process of thinking about it from a, a, a budget allocations perspective and see how in the next few years you can start working to to allocate more budget toward proactive because ultimately we strongly believe that's where organizations are going to want to start moving significant amounts of, of spending, just because would you rather have solutions that, you know, stop threats at your door, you know, help you find the threats that are inside or preventing the threats from getting to you in the first place. So we're think that, we're thinking that's an equation that's going to start shifting.
1: And, and speaking of equations, the, the output is something, right? You do some math and you get a result. Um, which hopefully is meaningful and, and can be measured and the collection of those outputs can tell the story. Um, do, you, do you see a change needed in, in the way we look at budgeting to tell the story to our leadership team and to the, the, to the board? And does, again, Proactive and some of your findings and the, re- the research you did say – Something needs to change on that front as well. How, how do we measure? How do we know we're spending the right?
0: Stuff? It's sort of to me. It's a little bit Sean of a chicken or the egg problem, right? It's like where where does the cycle start? Do you look at your budget and say, you know, I really don't like how this stacks up. I want to change some of these allocations, or do you say, gosh, I really am not getting the performance I need. I'm not stopping the threats that are really impactful to my organization or I'm not getting to them as quickly and as efficiently as I need to. Um, I feel like it's sometimes, it's a little bit of both, but usually it's more about, you know, the problem, the problems that change or emerge that lead to changes in, in how the, the financial picture is, is is allocated from a budget standpoint. So our you know, are, do changes need to be made? Sure. But I think the the the, the day to day, week to week, year to year reality for most CISOs is that, you know, they're they're under constant pressure from all sides. And I think the need to just, you know, to find a way to kind of usually scrape a couple nickels together to figure out how to pay for all the things that the budget doesn't afford anyway, is sort of the, the, the biggest problem with, you know, the, the long-term implications often kind of being secondary. Now, does that is that an ideal picture? Should most organizations be a bit more proactive and think about how their security budgets look three to five years from now? Absolutely. It would be to their great benefit to do so because it'll be, make it easier to get ahead of these kinds of big changes that we see like proactive security. But I think the reality is it's much, much harder to do that um, than it, than it seems.
1: Yeah, and this is where I, I wish I could be in the room. Cause I, I can only imagine the conversations of all the levers, right? Cause it's not, I'm going to staff, I am going to buy tech. I'm going to run the program. It's, <laughs> it's all those levers. I'd have to, have to communicate. And, and to your point that you just made something changed, I'm under new pressure for something and everything that I've defined at the beginning the year for the budget, I'm not prepared for what just happened. <laughs> yeah. And um, we haven't even spent
0: yeah. a lot of time talking about compliance and security uh, yeah. still to a large degree is a compliance game, right? It's that's where yeah. a lot of this budget comes from. It's enabling the ability for the organization to meet compliance regulations. So that is still, you know, top of the board for a lot of organizations and ultimately dictates where that budget goes.
1: Yeah, And, uh, so I'm, I'm afraid we'll, we'll start to get too deep into what. what you doing I'm an analyst. For, you can
0: never get too deep, Sean.
1: No, no. For <laughs> trying to give, give things away for the session. But um,
0: <laughs>
1: I think w- what I'll leave you with, and you can answer with yes or no, or as deep as you want on this, but you mentioned it. So I'm going to, I'm going to also say we can't have this conversation without talking about it at some level AI. So, <laughs> so clearly AI has a role to play in, in the threat landscape. Uh, it has a role to play in in the security technologies, uh, presumably in the operations. My question is, what about... Or I'm sorry, the technology. My, my question is then, what about uh, the operations and, and the team? And then, ultimately, the, the budget. Can AI help us, <laughs> help us with some of those <laughs> questions of... Where should we be spending our money?
0: It's yeah. a really interesting topic, Sean. AI in, in cybersecurity, and particularly generative AI to me, is the number one trend um, across the entire uh, cybersecurity landscape in, in 2023. I think the arrival of chat GPT late last year kind of caught everyone off guard because it was the first time people realized, hey, wait a minute, suddenly these AI capabilities can be opera operationalized in really interesting ways that nobody had really prepared for. And suddenly, there were some implications that nobody was really ready to deal with so um, it's been really interesting in 2023 kind of seeing um all that come together. so now th- that said there are you know there's there are things AI is is good at and things that AI is still clearly not good at right It's good at searches. it's good at uh, especially complex searches where you know you, you being able to use human language to run a complicated query and get really meaningful, uh, results. It's good at correlating, finding the pieces of data within certain parameters, um, and analysis and presentation, helping you find the needle in a hay in the haystack that in, maybe in a way you didn't even know was there. But it's still not so good at things like automation and creativity, and definitely not at replacing how a human thinks or, or the value that a flesh and blood human provides. So it's still early days, but. We think a lot of organizations of all types should be um, thinking now, getting prepared for the coming implications of, of AI and cybersecurity. My colleagues, Kurt Franklin and, and Kiki Bordet, will cover that at the Omni Analyst Summit at Black Hat next week. For now, I think we're only starting to see the how AI is going to impact the cybersecurity industry. I'm more... In the short term, frankly, I'm more concerned about it from an adversarial standpoint. I'm really worried about what attackers will be able to do when suddenly they have you know, the AI at their disposal to determine all the different possible avenues of attack of, and ways of attack relating to a new vulnerability they may have discovered. So I think it's, it's there's going to be a lot of chaos in that regard. Uh, in the short term, in the long term, I do see AI providing a lot of value, but I, I think it will primarily be in the context of most of the existing cybersecurity uh, solutions we see today. So, for instance, again, I cover SecOps primarily, so. I think you'll see AI have a pretty significant impact in solutions that help enterprises manage the TDIR lifecycle, threat detection, investigation and response, being able to more use AI to kind of conduct an investigation or orchestrate that uh, initial part of the response where, you know, a certain type of threat comes in and the AI can automatically tell you, oh, this pit puts these certain types of endpoints at risk. Let's put these mitigations in place to ensure that this threat doesn't um, a, become a problem until you can fully mitigate it. Things like that will increasingly be common within the context of, of security solutions. Are we eventually going to see kind of the massive, you know, uh, AI platform that does everything for you? Maybe someday, but I don't think it's on the horizon anytime soon.
1: Yeah, and the, the the possibilities are limitless, it seems. as you, As you're talking <laughs> about some scenarios I was thinking of, Two or three more, not that I wasn't listening, but do not think it was two or three more that that could easily surface as really cool capabilities oh. to help oh, yeah. help those teams. You covered one that I thought was really cool. The depending on what you're seeing, what controls or compensating uh, controls or mitigations could you put in place to again prevent it from happening the next time?
0: Yeah, I mentioned that just because it's a pain point for many organizations still, right? You can detect threats, you can investigate them, but then figuring out, okay, what do I do? How do I actually stop this threat and fix it from being an impact to my organization? That's still where a lot of organizations fall down. So it's certainly the kind of thing that AI can really help with.
1: Yep. And the other one that comes to mind is that, back to the budgeting, given this set of parameters and levers that I've pulled, what story do I need (laughs) to (laughs) <laughs> to tell my team my executive team for what it is and why i need it um so sometimes it may no, be it's a great to, point so we're going to see it have it. an
0: impact there as well yep. in terms of being able to produce you're using the same data to have ai automatically produce a report that helps your SecOps team understand the threat but also help your ceo understand what the impact is to the business yeah that's going to be powerful too
1: yeah lots of stuff to think about and uh I get to talk about it, which is cool. You have to do all the crunching, (laughs) which I think is cool, too, Uh, but at a different level. Um,
0: Let me talk about it a little bit, too. I got the Omnia (laughs) Analyst Summit at Black Hat next week. That's
1: right. That's right. Remind us when that is, Eric.
0: (laughs) It's next week as part of Black Hat USA. It's taking place on Summit Day at Black Hat. So that's Tuesday, August 8th at Mandalay Bay.
1: Nice one. Well, I appreciate you uh, being on the show and, and giving us some insights and, and teasing us with a few nuggets. Um, yeah, I, I'll say it again. That's it's where the conversations are going to be held, uh, where a lot of this stuff is going to make its mark in, in the budget and in the program. So uh, great, to, great to have you on, Eric. Hope everybody enjoys the, enjoys the summit, enjoys the conference. And of course, we'll link to the summit the registration status is, but uh, at least they can learn about it and uh, connect with you. And for those listening, we still have tons to uh, tons to go here with our coverage of Black at USA 2023. So stay tuned and uh, subscribe, share, and uh, and have fun. Hopefully, everybody's enjoying the coverage. Thanks again, Eric.
0: Thanks, Sean. Take care.